Ryan Collingwood. Ryan Collingwood. Ryan Collingwood. Our friend Ryan Collingwood. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Put suckers in fear. Making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. Alright, here with uh, John Freeze here at Nosworthy's, right across the street from Coeur d'Alene High School, where John used to sling the rock a little bit. But, uh, when we went to Idaho and tore it up in the, the 80s for the Vandals and won the Walter Payton Award back when the Walter Payton Award was kind of a, kind of a new award. Um, now it's gone to so many different guys who've gone on and had great NFL careers. And um, you know, Obviously the last one to win it during a full season was Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And he's you know, third pick in the draft. and uh, you, were, you were the first quarterback to get the Walter Payton Award. So when you got that Walter Payton Award for the Vandals in the late 80s, were you like... A, what do you remember about just the just the process there? Well, I knew what it was. I knew how how big a deal it was um, to be considered the best guy at that level at that time that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing about it is, right away when I won it, it was a complete. Honestly, it was a complete team award, and the guys were just as excited as I was, or more so that that I won it because they knew that it was it, it was completely. Um, a team effort, and they felt they felt a, a ton of responsibility and a ton of um, level of being proud because you know I was a pocket passer uh, to the tenth degree. I was completely dependent upon my receivers going the right spot, getting out of their breaks at the right time, the linemen doing their job, and because all those guys did such a good job, because the coaches schemed so well. We had guys that were wide open, and and honestly, the the easy part was throwing the ball to them. Um, it, the coaches taught me really well. I listened, you know, what I was supposed to do, and those all, those ten other guys all did their job every time. And when they didn't, it was you know it was second and seventeen, and it was hard to recover. And pretty soon you punted and you lost. But um, it was a neat award because of that, because it was truly. Even though it was an individual award, it was it was something that we put up a lot of yards and did a lot of good things because of the, the true team effort that we had on offense. You probably seen just the, the different quarterbacks who've won that award over the years, and you kind of look back to when you played and just how different it is. Well, before it and and after I won it, um, it's been fun to follow and see who gets it each year. Um, and yeah, there's you know I would say that a lot of those guys. Could have played at another level um, above. Um, I couldn't have. I, I have. I had two scholarship offers. One to Idaho. There was. I was super excited and thankful and fortunate to get. The other um, scholarship I, I had offered was University of New Mexico, which at that time had the longest losing streak in Division One football of like 22 straight games. Just a down in the dumps worst program ever. And um, you know, so I was. I was super thankful to get the opportunity, but. But these other guys that have been winning this award, um, you know, could have gone to other to uh, not very good big schools, and they chose to go to this level and succeed. and And a lot of them have, have then moved on to the NFL level and, and had a lot of success. Now let's pretend that you were that guy today, and you're 21 years old, and the transfer portal, John Freeze, he had a great junior year. At this Big Sky Conference school, do you stay for your senior year at the Vandals, or do you go and play for the Huskies? Or yeah, 
What do you do? Well, <laughs> for me, I would have stayed because that was a different deal. But the, the regular guy that sort of stuck behind somebody maybe that is considered better or the, at least going into the season as a starter, I understand that you may want to uh, put yourself in a better position for a, a one-and-done um, opportunity to, to go in and play and, and then and then get yourself drafted. Or I have always felt as long as you can get yourself to the combine, that's the big thing. You need to get yourself there in person so that so that now those guys can go, geez, he's a little, you know, maybe he's a little thin. His numbers don't look good. Like a Tom Brady, for example. You look at, those are pretty funny pictures when, when he was at the combine. Um, but they see this frame that maybe it can fill out a little bit. And they, they see guys, when you're at the combine, they see how you uh, address them. When you meet a general manager or a coach and you shake their hand strong and you look them in the eye and you're well spoken, um, you know those are the things. So, so the transfer portal, I guess, back to that. I think it's a good deal, but but as far as a fan goes, um, I don't like it. I don't, I don't. I like that a team commits to them coming out of high school, gives them a scholarship, invests a lot of coaching and time throughout that process of the first two or three years and then to get up and go um, kind of sucks. Uh, sucks for the alumni. Yeah. So when you played, there wasn't any sort of combine or, I mean, not combine, but was there a pro day? I mean, how did you kind of get your, obviously, you know, back in then there wasn't Twitter or Facebook or any of that stuff where guys can watch Big Sky Conference film if you're a, you know, guy, you're the Chargers who drafted you. Um, you know, how did you kind of get your foot in the door, you think, coming from a small school? Um, I think that they I think they were sort of forced to check me out just because the numbers were there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we had such good teams and, and coaches that we threw for a lot of yards. And, and so you have to, I guess, dig a little deeper if you're a team. You're going to talk to coaches or maybe you know opponents or whatever. Um, and so that was part of it. And there were a couple of really good guys at Idaho that were a little older than me that, that got drafted and played. And so that opened the door. Mark Shalareth, Marvin Washington, a couple others. And, uh, and so, so that helped. There was always a guy or two that, that would get in some scouts and then they would, inter- they would talk to you as maybe a secondary guy. Um, one of my whiteouts was not considered an NFL guy. But one of the days I threw for a couple of teams, one was the Chargers. I was horrible, absolutely horrible. And behind him, above him, you know, out in front, and he caught everything, everything. And uh, he was good in college, but he had an incredible day that day. And and they ended up signing him to a free agent contract. Uh, He never stuck and made it, but he was there a long time. There's a lot of times it's a lucky break. So... You know, I benefited by Solareth, for example, being a year older and bringing in Redskins, who I ended up playing for um, after my time in San Diego. But they remembered me enough to feel good about me and give me an opportunity when I was a free agent. Yeah, and you started by your second year in the league. You pretty much the whole season you got hurt there at the end. But, but what was that like to kind of, you know, you're this guy, you know, come in, all the other big school guys are going to think they're going to be the guys who play early in their careers, but you're thrust into the starting lineup pretty quick. What do you remember? I mean, you're in San Diego, you're in a big city. 
Um, guy from, I mean, stu- I mean, you're a guy who was raised in Coeur d'Alene and then played football down the road in Moscow, and then all of a sudden you're in the Southern California, all the fun that comes with that, I mean, and then you're in the NFL starting. What, what was just that, like, that lifestyle like? Um, well, it was crazy. You know, the, my first year, I was third string. I was in street clothes, mm-hmm. holding the clipboard, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to learn. And the, um, the starter, Billy Joe Tolliver, was real young, and, and uh, the team really felt like he was going to be the guy. And that year kind of ended up proving that maybe he wasn't the guy. Our record was 6-9, and nine and, and uh, we had just finished that 15th game and the running back coach grabbed me or saw me in the elevator going up out of, out of the stadium and he said uh, uh, hey you better get ready you might be playing this week and I'm like what? you know I haven't even suited up sure enough I started that, that very last game they just wanted to see what they had in me and I remember we were playing at the LA Coliseum against the Raiders who had won the AFC West and we're trying to get a bye that week for the the beginning of the playoffs they really needed that win and so they were fired up and playing hard and all that and my guys um you know they all had their cars started and packed and and uh were getting ready to to get out of there for the off season had no interest in getting injured and um so it was tough but but i didn't go down i didn't just completely choke on it um I was 50% average yards, a touchdown, a pick. I went out there and, and at least proved to him that that my composure was strong enough that now keep him around. Because I was a late pick and, and definitely an unsure prospect for the team, but went into the next training camp. Billy Joe was still sort of forcing the ball in, and um, the, you know they gave me a chance. The ball bounced my way a time or two, and... And I played until I got hurt. Did you think you uh, overachieved then? I mean, did, did, when you when you went into the league, were you, were you like, if I can get a couple years, uh, I'm kind of a fringe guy. I mean, but then you kind of by the time you were, you know, in your last year 2000, your last year in the league, when Brady, you know, was a young pup rookie, and you were kind of his mentor of sorts then. I mean that that window. I mean, was that kind of like wow? I lasted that you know ten years, whatever. Do you think you overachieved? And you look back. Yeah, um, I do. Again, I had a couple of breaks real early on, and I, I've always thought with quarterbacks, if you can if you can go out there and do okay at, at a minimum, then you're probably going to play a while because you've got now experience. Sort of like a punter. If a, go, if a guy goes out and punts okay, he'll probably play a long time goes out and drops one he's probably done even if he's got a bigger leg than the next guy so um but yeah i i was really really fortunate every year uh real thankful that i was making teams you know a couple of them you know you're going to be there because they just signed you and there's some comfort level in that but it's always hard i ended up playing for four different teams and each time you go, you know, they're sending a message. They want you, obviously. They, they offer you a contract, but there's no guarantee because they're bringing in a couple more guys that they're hoping is better than you. They're hoping that you're better than them. You know, they want that competition. So even though they're, you know, you're getting that opportunity, it's still, it's still kind of nerve-wracking, you know. I remember the very first year I was, I was fifth string the day I got drafted. They, uh, Jim McMahon was there, and they traded him like right after that. I never shook his hand until years later, 
Um, so then I was fourth, but uh, they had three guys that were all successful in the league. I wasn't sure why I was there. Um, I remember calling my high school, my college girlfriend, and I said, hey, I'll be, I'll be home on Wednesday, first cuts, and I haven't even taken a snap. And before then, and Wednesday, they cut the backup, which turned me into the third string. They always kept three guys. So I, Junior Seau was a, a classmate that same draft. Obviously, he knew he was making it. And the next guy was me. I knew that I made it. I went from zero to hero um, and, and made it and played. So I was super lucky like that. Now you're in your 50s now, early, early 50s. Did you, just, you, feel, you, feel, you feel good? You still feel healthy? You feel like you're, you're more healthy than most men your age still? I mean, do, do you feel fine? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, I had a couple of big injuries, a broken leg, a broken thumb. The right thumb was a big one, and, and right now uh, it does feel not quite the same because there's some hardware in it. But, you know, starting my third year, I blew my knee, and, and I did it good. Um, I, I tore the ACL, the MCL, and some lateral cartilage. Um, they call it the unhappy triad. And um, that was in 19... That was in 1992, and I was healthy in four and a half months. And I don't, you know, I had great, a great surgery. You cannot see my scars. Um, and then now, here it is, 29 years later, it feels great. And it, what's really weird is that he's, right now a guy blows his ACL, and they're like, well, hopefully he'll be back by next training camp. Another quarterback, another guy that's maybe not a run-around quarterback. Mm -hmm. And that really strikes me as weird. Like, well, why is it going to take him 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 months to get back when I did it, when my, when, you know, my surgery, that, that orthopod was able to do that for me 29 years ago. So, but that's, you know, my thumb bugs me and my left knee only bugs me if I've been lazy for a while and then decide to go hiking or something. It'll ache a little the next day, and that's it. Just barely ache, and sometimes it doesn't. Got full range of motion, and um, really lucky that that the injuries that I have haven't really affected my lifestyle. I know you were a big hunter, uh, fisher, and uh, what what keeps you busy most days? You know, I know you you, you got the benefit of retiring. You know, at a, you know, at a young age. Um, you know, so you kind of you're 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 kind of like me. You're a North Idaho guy, just likes to just live easy around here. But uh, you kind of just for business wise, you, you kind of like in like a real estate situation. Like, what do you kind of do for like as far as business and as far as just everyday stuff? Yeah, um, you know, you hear of like old guys that retire and they go, "Man, I'm busier today than when I worked." You know, mm -hmm. um, and and it's hard for them to explain. It's hard for me to explain, but. Um, I typically don't get done what I was hoping to do that day, and maybe that's because I'm a procrastinator or, you know, I'm not sure the exact reason of that, but it's, I'm really fortunate that, that I don't punch a clock <clears throat> from 9 to 5, and um, I do have some properties that I manage, and, um, but, but those are flexible hours and times. It seems like I'm... I really have understood maybe more than most the importance of um, the dollar. Uh, and what I mean by that, there's a lot of guys that even if they have a lot of dollars, the passion to get more dollars and more fancy cars and a nicer boat and all of that, they, they sacrifice the day-to-day -day stuff that's really important. 
of hanging out with your kids when they're young, mm-hmm. hanging out with their parents while they're still able to, able to do that, even as they age. Um, and so, you know, I probably could have done a little bit more um, financially to be in a better situation even than I am right now, but, but there are more important things. Life, life goes too fast, and uh, football has bought me some freedom, and so I, I take advantage of it. You know, I have to be honest, I have a lot of fun. I'm either getting ready to go have fun, or I'm having fun, or I'm coming back from something fun and I'm putting it away. And uh, I volunteer a fair amount, do different things. Each day is full. Yeah, I know you, you still follow your old high school. I know you guys are pretty good when you play when you won a state title back in the early 80s. And they've kind of turned up another notch these last 10, 15 years. Coeur d'Alene, they're one of the most winningest programs in the state. I mean, you know, for you know, a couple of decades there, they'd be good. Then it kind of go down, good, down. But these last, since about late 2000. The aughts there, they've been a they've been a force. A lot of Division One talent coming through, and um, your your sons played there and had good careers there. And uh, yeah, so but Idaho, they um, you know haven't been as good as back when you played. Obviously, you think they went up and then they came back to the Big Sky. And um, what you know, obviously Idaho is. You, you look at the Big Sky Conference, you see the schools. A lot of them are commuter schools. Um, Idaho is one of the few schools in that league that has like a true college feel to it and has this long tradition, you know, most of those, I mean, you, you look at like a Sac State, you look at like Portland State, they don't really have that. Even Eastern t- is kind of a commuter school, but they've had great success these last few years, you know, they've done a great job, but is it weird to kind of see how like, you, you look at Idaho, you're like, you have all the things you think would be going for you, but you're not getting as many wins, I mean, what, I mean that's just from what I see. Right. But you're a guy who's very involved in how things go with Idaho, and it's very nuanced. So uh, what do you think is kind of holding Idaho back and, you know, as far as you know, a program? Well, I think moving up to Division One football um, was a mistake. I'm, a, I'm happy that they're back in the big sky. I think mm-hmm. that's where they belong. Mm-hmm. I think in those big schools, if you don't have tons of money, you're not going to be able to get the recruits. You can't go and spend money that it takes to go to places. Uh, coaches are limited. Um, and, and it's all conference sharing and bowl games. You look at the SEC, that's why they all win. They all share many millions of dollars. Um, so Idaho's back to where they, they belong. Uh, I think that they're going to get back now even more so to recruiting the Northwest, which I think is what Eastern's been able to do in their recent success. Um, they're getting a lot of those guys that, that now Idaho, I think, will be able to compete against uh, in getting even more so. I think that if you look at our facilities and you compare them to a lot of other, other teams in, the, in the, the Big Sky, our facilities are as good as others. The weight room, the, the locker room, the practice field, training room, um, the Kibbe Dome is a, is a great environment if you're on offense. And, and you want to throw the ball or, or get a lot of catches and get a look then for that next level. I really think that Idaho's um, headed in a good direction. Uh, and I, you know, so I, I think good things are, are going to come. I think, I think getting back into the Northwest recruiting is really important. Really important to get those kids that, you know, that could go to the lower Pac-12 school and get them to a school like Idaho. Because that's what Eastern's been doing. And we need to get those kids again. So, if like, 
Idaho, if they had the Grizz in, in their best years, um, it felt like at least 50% of the guys starting were from the state of Montana, like from eight-man school, like brought them in, they turned them into a stud. You think Idaho, if Idaho did that more, obviously Boise State done a pretty good job of that. They were able to, if you can get those homegrown guys, you know, uh, and, and mix them with guys from everywhere else, it's BSU seems like they're getting guys, you know, Glenn's Ferry, Marsting, and they turn them into NFL players. So, I mean, I always wondered how, and obviously different regime changes, we've, we've, you know, I've seen different coaches over the years, but if Idaho kind of had, like, you know, where they're getting the best guy from Coeur d'Alene, the best guy from Riggins, you know, and they got them all out there and they mix them with the Juco transfers and, the, you know, the guys from everywhere else, like, that would kind of cultivate that excitement that the Grizz were able to kind of get, right? Yep. Um, and they've done an okay job of that, of, of recruiting in-state. I think that there is a lot more talent. Uh, you know, obviously Boise gets the very best guys, uh, you know, that, that are the Boise kids. Or uh, every once in a while there will be, you know, a northern Idaho kid uh, get a chance to go down there to Boise. But there, are, there is a lot of talent in the state of Idaho um, and, and Spokane. And if you look at the roster, there's a decent amount of that. Uh, of people from those places, but it could be better, and and I expect it to be better. I, I really, you know, we beat Eastern. I think it was the first game last year, um, and so you know you do that, and, and uh, that now gives you re- that credibility again for those kids that are you know the kids that maybe not good enough to go to the University of Washington or Boise State or some of the you know the top twenty schools that are in the Northwest, Oregon. Uh, but those are the kids that we need to get. They and, want and those are the and those are the reasons that you'll get even more fans down there. Yeah. I know that like my dad, you know, talks about it a lot. And he goes to the games, but that really irritates him when we lose guys that go to Montana or Eastern or whatever. And coaches are trying. Yeah. But everybody likes a winner, you know, so it's it's more fun, you know, a few years ago to go to Eastern or, or go to Montana. Um, as opposed to going to Idaho that's getting beat up and being 2-9 and nine every year. And last year we were a little better, and I, again, I expect this year to be a good year. Yeah, they've beaten Eastern two out of the last three times and almost beat them the last time. They had a fifth-string quarterback in there. <laughs> it's close down to the wire. It was crazy. So you can kind of see them getting better. It's just, we, the spring was kind of a weird... I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know if you watched any of the games. Did you watch any of those spring games on TV? or It just seemed... Yeah. Obviously, if you're an athlete, you're going to go out there and work your ass off no matter where, 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 when, but just the the whole structure and just like you didn't know what was what, and uh, you kind of watch the playoff, FCS playoffs, and you're like, ah, it's just, it's just there's, when, you, when you're watching something, when you know Montana didn't play in it or Montana State didn't play in it, you're like, ugh, I don't know. And then North Dakota, if there's no, if there's no pandemic, Trey Lance plays this entire season. Yeah, you know, and that, they're they're killing everybody again. Basically, you had North Dakota State's like second string out there, right. still making it to the, you know, still having a decent season, and then like they just felt like you're watching guys play football, but you knew that wasn't like the best. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, you know, when you look at specifically a school like Idaho, uh, the pandemic screwed up the spring ball of 2020. So the last time they had spring ball was 2019. Spring ball is when you develop those young guys. It's when you find that diamond in the rough. 
and go, hey, this guy might be really good. We need to keep giving him reps here in the spring and see if he can compete in the fall. So we lose the 2020 spring. And, and in my mind, we lose the 2021 spring, even though we played football, because the coaches need to win. You know, you, you go out, I think they played six games. You go out and lose six games, you're probably getting fired. Um, and so there's a lot of, you're treating it just like a regular season. It is a, a regular season, if you will. But, but the, a lot of those young guys didn't get the reps in practice. And, and so now they're not going to have another true spring ball until 2022. And, and I just think the overall development, you know, the pandemic screwing up last spring and then in my mind, you know, regular season of this spring screwing up that I think is a little bit of a setback. I think, I think Montana and those guys that didn't play, they may have got a little better by not playing. Yeah, it was just, it was just bizarre. And then, um, I don't know about Idaho. And think back, back to Idaho, um, it seems like they're the kind of team now, the situation they're in right now, if they just, if they have like a, they get into the playoffs, I think they could, I think they'd be able to maintain the success for a while. Like if they just get in, like in, like in 2021, when like eight games get in, I think that they'll, you'll see, because it's, it's, it's a school. It's a, people go to the games when you win. Like even if you're at Portland State or Sacramento State, even Eastern sometimes, like you win and people are still like, eh. But you're in Moscow. I mean, you have the frats and the sororities. You have the dorms all. I mean, what the hell else are you going to do? You know, it's a real college. You know, right. so you uh, so if you're able to cultivate that excitement, because you, even you saw it, like I remember in 2009 when they had that uh, that season when they had Enderley's junior year. I was down, I was at Lewis and Tribune at the time. And it was just like, wow, this kind of feels like the old Vandals a little bit, and that and that was and this was in the, in the Sun Belt or what whack or what the hell league they were at that time. It was like at Mike IU Potty, they had you know just a lot of good football players. Right. Um, they, uh, but uh, it was just. Maintaining that, if they can maintain that at this level, which they should be able to do, it's just there's so much, so much goes into that. People don't understand. Like, I, that's why I, I've never been a guy to rip a program. Um, uh, Idaho's a special spot. You know, those guys that there's a lot of. Well, my second boy was just a student down there. Um, I remember he was about he might have been a sophomore or junior year in high school, yeah. and my oldest boy was a student at, at Moscow, so we went down for a game and. He's like, I will never go to Idaho, never. You know, and the team was losing, and, and that's a part of it. Yeah, it's huge. It is, it's, say what you want, but the yeah. football team at all these schools help, mm-hmm. um, just like Gonzaga University. I mean, it's a, oh, yeah. it's an attractive place to go to school, and, and no coincidence that, you know, that uh, the basketball team's pretty good. Okay. But, uh, but, yeah, he's like, I'll never go here. Well, now, now you talk to him today. He graduated last May. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And you talked to the athletes that showed up at Idaho, and you know, over all the years, even even the years that they didn't win all as many games as they'd like, they they go into it just like, oh, this is a, a school that I'm I've signed with because I like the recruiter or whatever. And oftentimes you talk to them later, and it was the best decision of their life, lifelong friends. They, their environment slowed down a little bit, even though there's a lot of fun there if a guy wants it. Mm-hmm. But they got out of a bad area, bad situation. Yeah. They got down there where coaches um, took mm-hmm. them under their wing yeah. and uh, you know, kept them out of trouble. And, and 
a lot of I'm friends with a lot of guys from the past that are inner city guys mm-hmm. that who knows what would have happened. They're the first to to admit, hey, it was a bad deal. You know, there yeah. was a shooting all the time, yeah. and now they're successful businessmen. Huh? Um, and so it, it's pretty neat. Idaho's yeah. a special spot. Yeah. And it'll it'll just even be more special if, if the, the winds even start stacking up, which I think they will. The thing I like about right now where we're at and what Coach Petrino and his staff has got going is that if you watch those games and you watch it closely, they fight. They fight. They may be down by 14, but the passion is there. The, the blocks down the field or the corner on the backside still chasing a guy down or trying to. Maybe the other guy's faster and he doesn't catch him, but that height, that heart is there. And as long as you have that, as long as your guys are playing for you, you got a, you've got a chance. And now you sprinkle in you know, a little better talent here and there and getting back to the level of play that your facilities and your area uh, support and show and prove and are, are part of it. You know, now you got a chance. And that, that's, what, that's what I really like down there. And obviously up here, uh, do you talk to Coach Amos much or anything like that? He's done a pretty good job. And in uh, thinking about Sean's impressive, being a high school coach is a pain. That'd be a pain in the ass job these days. You know, just the, the culture is different, society is different. Everyone's kids the best. Everyone's just uh, complaining on the internet. But he's been doing it for forever. You know, no one's. It seems like nobody's. He's been the head coach since the late '90s. Um, a lot of people. Don't last that long at yeah. one spot. Yeah, uh, I do know. I do talk to Sean. Sean and I yeah. were teammates at Idaho, so I've known him forever. Um, that that Sean and the coaches are so impressive that it's people have no idea. It has nothing to do with the wins and losses. I've been I've been at banquets and I've had personal calls um, where I've helped some guys, maybe some kids that were struggling. Uh, I've called them to say, hey, this kid's struggling, and like off the field stuff, and family and life and school and girlfriends and all this stuff, and they are, they care so much about their guys. By far the number one reason they do it um, is is the relationships. Uh, The relationship with Sean and his staff is off the charts. You look at uh, the turnover, that they've had on their coaching staff. It's so minimal. Um, they all just, they all coach for each other. Uh, you know it. The, the, the players play for the coaches. They're willing to put in that extra time and effort in the summer. And uh, I'm a complete believer that Sean's the first to admit, hey, I'm, I have limitations on what I know and what I can teach and what I do. He trusts his coaches who are really good and they're trying to get better every year. Um, but he he is able to cultivate that desire for the coaches, even though it's hard and a commitment, and they're giving up their summers. That it's worth it because they know they're changing lives of kids, and that's that's his focus. And you know, if they lose in the in the championship game, well, yeah, it's not good and not fun. But he sees the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what how Sean was at Idaho when he played. He Sean was under is undersized, uh, but he was the first guy down on kickoff every time. And I remember them pausing the film, special teams coach, and he's yelling at some receiver that's you know faster than Sean. He's like, "Is are you is Sean faster than you? No, 
why is Sean in front of you? And it's because Sean had heart. Sean had desire. And Sean um, was willing to pay the price. And those are the reasons that, that he and his staff are doing such a nice job of putting out good players but, and winning a lot, but really making a difference. And some of the kids' lives unbelievable. He's, he's, and that's, I think if you asked him, that's been his greatest joy. That's why he does it, because he knows he has that power um, to be able to step in and genuinely talk to a kid, maybe send the same message as the parents have been trying to send. But, you know, it's different. It's different when someone else says it. So I think the world is Sean. And uh, super happy that, that they've been able to have the success that they've had. Yeah, it's so crazy because, like, his first few years, you know, they, they were kind of like hit and miss. They'd be, and then they just, they just, like, caught it. I don't know if that was, like, he grew as a head coach. Because obviously we're growing every day in our jobs, right? We get better. And uh, Did he get some dudes? Did, you know, did, did, did uh, because obviously our population has increased here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot. Um, and... In Troxel, obviously, he retires, but obviously, Court Lane was kicking ass before Troxel retired anyway. But I mean, guys were like, okay, do I want to play for Van? Or I want, you know, obviously, great, one of the great coaches Idaho's ever had. So, I mean, we were pretty blessed to have both those coaches at one point. Well, you look at Lake City when in the 90s and, and uh, beginning of, of the 2000s, their, their coaching staff had so many more years of high school coaching than Coeur d'Alene's coaching staff. Coeur d'Alene's coaching staff in the last 20 years, 15 years, has hardly changed. So now you look at the amount of years that they've coached in these big games and traveled and, and all of that they've done. That number of high school years on Sean's staff uh, is a lot more than Lake City staff. Um, and so I, I credit a lot of that. And again, it goes back to leadership and, and letting your guys coach and making the program fun. Uh, and I think that I, I know Blaine. Blaine was a quarterback at Idaho when I was there. He's very good. Post Falls is very lucky to have a coach like that, a guy that, that could be coaching at a lot of college programs, that did coach at a lot of programs. Uh, you know, he coached at uh, Purdue, Michigan State, Idaho, Central Washington. That mean, you know, to have that sort of resume and background, and, um, you know, Post Falls is pretty lucky. And if, Sean's, if uh, Blaine stays there, I completely expect them to now be a powerhouse or right there next to Lake City, right next to Coeur d'Alene. I think baseball will always be the the sport of choice in Lewiston. I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's baseball time. I just don't think that they're ever going to do it. But, but yeah, I, I I like the three schools. I think I think they're uh, you know every year there's one of them that's a little better maybe than the other, and I and I think that's nice for the north to go, go down and at, at a minimum make a splash in the state playoffs, if not be playing for it or winning it. Yeah. I mean, a lot different than when you were uh, playing at Coeur d'Alene back in the day where it was just kind of like this big... Was the resort even a thing yet? When you were, it, it wasn't called a resort yet, right? When you were there? Well, so I moved here in 1975, I think, and, yeah. and at that time it was called Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine, and, that's right. And so it was nine floors yeah. high, uh, and then I don't, it was in the, it was about 19, late 80s, 80, I don't know, 85 or so is when they did a full remodel and they added another six floors or whatever it might be, parking garage. That's when it changed to the Coeur d'Alene Resort. And uh, 
and that changed Coeur d'Alene a lot, honestly. It, it now, they were now big enough to hold, um, you know, banquets and, and gatherings of companies they would meet there. And then those people that would show up and they go, man, this is a beautiful place. And they would start to move here. So that was really sort of the start of tourism being a really big industry in Coeur d'Alene. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was, a, that was a huge change. It really affected the area. Yeah. Um, quarterbacks in this area, who you say, you know, based on, based on your eyeballs, who are some of the better quarterbacks you've seen come out of this county, you think? Besides John Freeze, obviously, but I mean, other guys who, you know, were just like, damn, that guy could, uh, not so much guys who yeah. had to go D1, but just, you know, uh, yeah, quarterback position. Who, who well, it was it, it was not me. I again, I was lucky to get out of here. I was I yeah. started one year. Uh-huh. Um, I had a lot more success after high school than yeah. I did during it. Uh, there were some really good quarterbacks right in front of me, mm-hmm. and every year, every year they've had good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The, you know, Colson Yankoff from a couple of years ago is mm-hmm. super special, mm-hmm. um, prototypical in all ways, and so you could argue with his numbers and what the team did that he may be the best to ever come out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, probably above that was Chad Chalich. I think that Chad mm-hmm. won two state championships, I believe. And and I think the second one, he played with a broken leg, with a cracked bone in his leg. And I, I had a, I did the same thing. And there is no way you're supposed to be walking on it, <laughs> let alone doing what, what he did on it. And that heart, separated him in in my opinion the wins the championships that he had but to be able to play tough to go out there every down uh really if man if i had to go to battle as they say or whatever all his teammates would would say that and that's no that's nothing against colson colson's special and his teammates would see that say the same thing but to play to win the championships and to play through that type of injury was crazy. Yeah, I don't. I haven't talked to Coulson in yeah. a long time, and I so I don't know. He's got a lot going on. He's very smart. And he's got uh, goals outside of football. Mm-hmm. I don't know how important it is for him to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If because it, it may be very important, mm-hmm. and he if that's the case, he could be very special um, at tight end mm-hmm. or at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He can jump. He can catch. He's smart. He's going to be in the right spot. I mean, an, an effort guy. The reason he's special is how hard he's worked his whole life. And so if he's, if coach said, hey, you need to put on 30 pounds over the next two years, and this is going to be your chance, Colson can do it. And he has. I've seen some. I'm not on Instagram and those things, but my boys go, look at this. This is Colson. And I go, no, it's not. And you know his, his hair is sort of Southern California. Yeah, hair I saw now. that. Yeah. And uh, but it, but his body's changed, and that changed in a good way when when they it, his body has changed in a good way, and it changed because of switching out, saying, "Hey, you're not a, a quarterback," which I think that Colson was for. He wanted to play, and and so if he wants to, if he's willing to to get to two thirty or two forty or 225, um, which isn't that far from him right now, he could play at that next level. He's special. Um, 
very likely he could. And and if nothing else, again, like I said earlier, get yourself to the combine. Mm-hmm. He's he he matches everything they want. You know, a good student, a good person, good work ethic. Sky's the limit. Playing one of those couple of positions only for a couple of years. Who knows? Might he might do it. Mm-hmm. Or you can come to Idaho. You know, I, I told you know, I told I told him and his dad uh, oh, you know, three years ago. I said, "Hey, Matt Linehan's done his senior year. Go to Idaho, play for four years, put up crazy numbers. You got a crazy body that can run and jump. Mm-hmm. Your GPA is a four point. You know, you you're getting to the combine. Yeah, there's no reason you can't be the third pick in the draft. Um, you, instead of getting lost in the shuffle somewhere else." Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he wants to go to, at one point, I think he wanted to go to med school yeah, and do some different yeah, things. Yeah. And, and so, Good you school. know, that, that makes it a little easier maybe when you're, eh, you're undergrad, I don't know. But, yeah. but academically, he felt that Washington, I think, was a better fit. But there's no doubt he would have started at Idaho. And then it comes down to, do you actually do it? But, but boy, there was an empty roster spot down there, an empty job. Someone yeah. had to win. He could have done that. Yeah, it's like these days. I mean, this isn't like back when you played. Like, I mean, Linehan just knowing, you know, just even and if, if it, a lot of NFL eyeballs see the Vandals, you know, they had that that weird vortex, you know, with Denny, you know, Denny and Erickson and yeah, all those guys. They they know what's up. Like Linehan, all these guys. It's, Idaho does actually have it for what it's done. Like record-wise, has an inordinate amount of guys in the league over the last like fifteen years. Like there'd be enough. You always see some guys stick, you know. Yeah. Obviously, they, it helps. You know, have. You know, I think at one point they had God a couple of years ago, eight or nine. You know, they were on teams at one point. Yeah. And they hadn't done anything for a few years, so it just. Well, obviously, they got the Ellis Ellis kids, so they're all going to the league. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. So I mean, obviously genetics help, right? Having those, but even that, like even like back to the NFL vortex of the Vandals, Ellis. You have Luther Ellis there, like. Yeah. It's just like. Geez. I know it's a special place. Yeah, I just yeah. can't say it enough. It, yeah. The coaches like to come back and coach there. It's a yeah. nice place to live. People think of Moscow not being uh, that special, but if you spend some time there and you see how people are genuine in the community yeah. and, uh, and, and at the university, people that work at the university, yeah. it's, a, it's a, a special place. You're not just a number. You're not just a person. Uh, you become yeah. part of the family. And so coaches enjoy doing yeah. it. They know it's a good place. They, they all know each other. And, uh, and I think when they are able to get in and, and talk to that mom or dad and say, your kid is going to be looked after and and uh, we, we're going to care about him. We're going to love on him. And I think that's how we've got some guys that do have the talent, again, to maybe go somewhere else. They choose Idaho, and, and uh, the wins and losses haven't been a few years ago like we want. But but there's there's some guys that go to the NFL from there be, because it's a special place. 